0: Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome back to another Ilm Feed podcast with your host Shabir Hassan. Uh, where today, alhamdulillah, we have another very special guest with us, uh, all the way from sunny Florida. Uh, welcoming, welcoming him to um, what we would say right now is a, a gloomy London. <laughs> so, a bit of a weather change for him, mashallah. Uh, you would have seen him. He's, he's actually. Um, He's no stranger to Umfeed. You would have seen him, I'm sure, in a few videos and posts uh, in the past. He is a lawyer. I think it's the first lawyer we probably have... uh on the podcast, so I need to make sure I know my stuff today. Uh, but we're welcoming our dear brother Hassan Shibli. alaikum rahmatullah. Wa
1: salam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, it's alhamdulillah it's a pleasure and honor to be here. And honestly, the, the weather may be a little bit gloomier than I'm used to, but wallahi, it's, it's radiant to be here, Mashallah, seeing uh, brothers like yourself and just this wonderful community and, and, and subhanAllah, just the visibility of Islam and Muslims
0: uh, that make this city radiant with Noor, Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. No, welcome. Thank you so much. And like we said, you're not uh, you're not a stranger to Ilmfi. We've had you on, on a few of the posts. Before. Before, mashallah, and uh, is this your first time here by the way in in london
1: it's my first real trip every time before uh, here has been uh, sort of transit uh, so okay, i'll transit. be here for a day or just overnight but alhamdulillah this is the first time i've come to really
0: engage with the community and, and be able to benefit from brothers and sisters and engage in some programs as well Alhamdulillah, and, you, and uh, we were just talking before you've had uh, quite an interesting trip already so far you've had a few incidents that you've run into uh, seeing well on one side you you i guess you're seeing In London, how active it is in terms of, mashallah, there's a lot of things happening in the Muslim community. But at the same time, you're also seeing a different side to things as well. Um, But how have you been finding it so far?
1: I mean, it's been inspiring from the moment I landed. You Mm. know, we went straight to Islam Channel and it was just really inspiring to see the Muslim community. At first, I thought we were going to, uh, you know, a a regular corporate sort of Western TV studio that maybe they rented some space in. But it it was amazing to see that it was just run by the Muslim community um, and to see how advanced the Muslim community is in terms of... uh, uh, Having their own, you know, TV channel. Mm. Then, Alhamdulillah, just literally from the moment I landed, you know, seeing brothers and, uh, you know, sisters and hijab brothers, who, Mashallah, following the Sunnah, and and they're the ones that are at customs and at the, at the border and <laughs> at the, you know, the, uh, the security lines and whatnot. And just how vibrant. I mean, I've never seen a complex like the East London Mosque uh, yeah, anywhere, yeah. really. Just, subhanallah. And how full Lahore is. I mean, that is beautiful. Literally, mm-hmm. we we just went yesterday to pray the hor randomly. And the entire masjid was packed, and we're talking about probably thousands of people. So it's very inspiring to see that. At the same time, I think with, with the high uh, rate of Muslims and the high concentration of Muslims, mm. the truth of the matter is I think we suffer from the same problems and ills that, that society as a whole does. And yeah. uh, we need to be able to engage with our youth and, and help them recognize that, listen, there, there isn't anything within our deen, within our sharia that Allah has prohibited except to, to give us life. To give us protection, to give us success—that's what Allah wants for us. Cool. And, and I mean, I don't know if you want me to give in examples of what I had seen. You know, the first few yeah, nights. Yeah, why not? Why yeah, not? yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a little heartbreaking. I was, I was sitting in the hotel lobby, um, you know, close to pressure time, still suffering jet lag, and trying to catch up on U.S. work. Yeah. And um, a young man goes up to to one of the people in the hotel lobby and says, "Listen, man, I got my my cash. I'll give you cash, but can you reserve a room for me? Because I." Um, don't have a credit card on me i lost my wallet yep. uh, and uh, there's no way i can get a room otherwise and the guy's like no way i ain't going to do it and the guy was really upset he's like dude i'm black you're black you're not helping me out as your brother like that's messed up yeah yeah so i knew he was going to come to me and i'm wondering like okay am i going who's this guy should i put a room on my credit card for him you know you mm-hmm. got to uh, d- don't disappoint the one asking for help but at the same time you don't know who he is what he's up to yeah. but his first words to me told me everything i needed to say and his first words were assalamu alaikum you know, wow. when he said, Salaamu alaikum," and he was one of our, uh, you know, brothers. Now, it's not just that we help our Muslim brothers, we have to help everybody. But still, there's that affinity that we have by virtue yeah, yeah. of our love for Rasulullah, and commitment to the deen. Um, so he said, brother, you know, this is my situation. I need a hotel room. Can you help me out? Um, I said, listen here. I got two beds in my room. Just come, sp- come spend the night with me. You're- that's fine. No problem. So I yeah, offered you. So your I offered my room. room yeah. uh, that's, I that's, I a that's a, a risky move. Spend man. Yeah. You know, you, with, without without risk, you can't get gain. And I, you know, I just felt in the circumstance that was the right thing to do. Okay. And I sincerely hoped. I mean, whenever you help somebody else out. Allah will help you out. Well, this is my experience in life. A lot of times in life you face tremendous challenges. And, and sometimes I face such challenges that I don't know how to overcome them. Mm. And so what I do is when I know I'm facing a challenge that I don't know how to overcome, I rely on the words of the Prophet Muhammad that, awesome. that Allah helps his servants so long as his servant is helping others. Yep. So alhamdulillah I, I do my best to find somebody in need of help or a situation I can help with And even if I'm ignoring my own situation I try my best in that situation Alhamdulillah Allah has pulled through for me every single time Really you find miracles happening where yeah, you yeah. hit a roadblock you don't know how to overcome it So instead of trying to fix your own situation everybody's busy with themselves Find somebody else help them and wallahi Allah will help you So that's sort of what inspired me to offer the room to the guy
0: um, But after I did
1: that he's like nah man you're not going to want me to stay with you I said okay. why? He said I, you know I've been drinking I'm actually drunk Oh wow. Uh, so I said La quwwata illa billah I said, Achi, look look at your state now because you're drinking. This is this is why Allah Prohibah is drinking, you know. Mm. So I love you, my Muslim brother, you know, I'm not gonna judge you. Yeah. But you should reconsider Because look at where your choices are leading you to. And he said, Subhanallah man, I love that you're just you're making me feel welcome, and you're not judging me and you're you know what, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we met tonight. And, oh, you know, he I'm, I'm, said that yeah. yeah, he said that himself And he said, you know what? I love Allah I love his messenger Remind me of the hadith Where someone was being punished For committing a sin like that yeah, and, yeah. and some of the sahaba cursed him He said, listen, don't no, curse him Allah, he loves Allah and his messenger So we don't need to help the shaytan Against our brothers and sisters And mm-hmm. and for those that are watching this I mean, some of some of the viewers May have struggled with different problems Like drugs, alcohol and whatnot And listen, Allah loves you He wants to forgive you And and uh, just you need to take that action Make sincere niyyah to turn away from it Because it's, it's going to destroy you Otherwise mm-hmm. in this life And the next potentially So in that circumstance Alhamdulillah we brought him in. He spent the night. He was very grateful. The next day, he gave me his word. He's gonna, he's gonna make his strongest intention to give up alcohol. And if he does, Alhamdulillah, that could be a good sadaqa jariya for us. That, that we've been a means of him turning away from it. But uh, what was more troubling was the next night. Okay. Uh, and the next night, again, I'm sitting <laughs> in the hotel lobby. We just got back from our lecture. You know, it's it's about one, two a.m. and uh, it was a long drive from from the other city we were at. Mm. And I'm sitting to catch up on emails and work before I go up to the room. And then somebody runs out. That somebody had just jumped in the river. Our hotel's right on the river. It's freezing outside. Yeah. And somebody had literally it. just jumped into the river. And so how I, know it, I ran out to see if maybe we need to jump in and help them. Alhamdulillah, by the time I made it outside, I saw they had grabbed onto the ledge uh, in front of the hotel. And he was, you know, struggling to get on. Alhamdulillah, he was able to pull himself on. Hmm. But he, there's no way he could get into the hotel. Now he's freezing yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. And we he may jump back in. So he literally took, I grabbed one of the hotel chairs and tried to smash the window <laughs> so we can access him. So how yeah. the chair broke, the window didn't break. <laughs> um, and we were trying to figure out a way how to, to break the glass to let to, to, so we could get him in. Alhamdulillah. And just as I went to the front lobby, you know, they have the big uh, metal poles that they hold the yeah, line yeah. for. So I was grabbing it, trying to smash the glass. And that's when alhamdulillah, the, lo- uh, the police came and the medics. They're like, "We don't need to break the glass, I'm gonna like, dude. The guy may jump back in. You should probably break and get him in." They're like, "No, we're going to wait for the boat to come." I said, "All right, I just hope he doesn't jump back in." In the meantime, yeah. And they were able to get him, and then I, I, they brought him into the ambulance. I spoke with his cousins, and they're all Muslim. <laughs> they're all Muslim. You know, they're all Muslim. They've been drinking, you yeah. know, and I and just is said, that what was the cause of? Uh, uh, well, Allahumma, it seems like it. What would lead? Yeah. I mean, there was no reason for him to fall in yeah, the water, you know. And I told them, I said, "Listen, Allah's giving him another chance." but you got to take this responsibility you don't want to go to allah in this state mm. you really don't you know and and at the end you know alhamdulillah you know for years and years i've never really been exposed to muslims who are drinking uh but recently for some reason i found myself in situations yeah. where i've been around muslims uh, like like the past two nights and then again it happened again the third night in the hotel lobby. i don't know what, oh, what wow. <laughs> it is uh, ajib uh but uh, who who are in that state and subhanallah and then i really understood why allah hates alcohol and mm. why it's such such a uh you know prohibited a thing in our faith because you really just lose your mind you lose who you are yeah you're yes. gone i mean it's humiliating it's embarrassing uh, and it's not a state you want to be in. So Alhamdulillah, let's be grateful that Allah has blessed us with Islam. If we're not struggling with alcohol, then don't don't look down at the people who are. Yeah, just be yeah. grateful that Allah protected you, because it just takes you know one moment for Allah to change your heart and mm. to put you in that test and that fitna and then it may be very hard to get out. But have empathy, and we should really be driven by love and empathy for our brothers and sisters who are Muslim and even those that aren't that they find guidance, that they find peace, that they find success. You know, when you're growing up and you're energetic in the deen and you see someone doing something wrong, you may think, oh, may Allah curse him and, yeah, and yeah, this yeah. and that and destroy the... You know, there is that mentality sometimes, and I think that comes from immaturity. But mm. when you really realize everybody belongs to Allah, and if any of us are taking the task for our own deeds, we'd be doomed. Mm. We need the mercy of Allah. And if we want Allah to give us mercy, we should show mercy to others. And we want to be a source of guidance for others. You know, yeah, if we yeah. come with them aggressively and harsh. That's not going to help them. They can sense. People can sense. When I was sitting in the hotel lobby, well, uh, 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 maybe I should stop sitting in the hotel lobby. That's today's lesson, you know, <laughs> it's man, it, yeah. it But you know, it's a clean lobby there. You know. Anyway, it is what it is. But a lady came and she said, you know, I, I'm an atheist, and I could tell she had been drinking too. Uh, uh, she's an atheist, but she says I, I could feel the faith that comes through you as a Muslim. And I could feel that you genuinely want good for those that are around you. Because you had seen me talking with the other brothers that had yeah, been yeah. drinking, subhanAllah. Um, so I think people can sense that. They can mm. sense when you're just, you know, coming from a place of arrogance, trying to tear them down. Yeah, yeah. Versus when you genuinely want what's good for them. And I, I know I've been talking for a while. As lawyers are good at doing that. But no, I'll no. finish <laughs> with this beautiful saying of Ali uh, He said, whoever doesn't have three sunnahs has nothing. Okay. The sunnah of Allah, the sunnah of Uh, his messenger and the sunnah of his chosen ones. The sunnah of Allah is that you hide people's faults. You don't just want to expose everybody's uh, problems Mm. and challenges, you know, unlike our cancel culture today, Mm. you know, uh, just throwing our deen away with a Facebook uh, post or a a Twitter tweet. Um, So that you hide people's faults. The sunnah of his messenger is you deal gently with others. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That was his example, you know, and the sunnah of his chosen ones is that you bear with patience the harm people throw at your way. Um, you're, you're, you you, because when you do this work, you know, you, you sometimes get hurt from those closest to you, Yeah. Uh, but you have to be steadfast. And uh, ultimately, you know, one, one final point I really want to emphasize is it's very important. I think we, we try to make our hearts as a waqf, as an endowment for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you do that? You have such love in your heart for Allah and his messenger that you really just have a profound love for all people. That, that say la ilaha illallah Rasulullah, and through that you never look at another believer with enmity mm. or hatred or malice or jealousy these are things that are really destroying us often as a community isn't the Islamophobes I can deal with Islamophobes yeah, you know yeah. and you see this we were talking about the story of Yusuf earlier alayhi <laughs> salam you know 50 arrows from the enemies is still easier and less painful than one arrow from one of your brothers or sisters in the faith so it's very important we keep our hearts pure you know mm-hmm. and, if, and, and the idea is you know what I'm going to love Allah so much that I'm going to love everybody who says, la ilaha illallah, Rasulullah? in fact, I'm going to love everybody Allah created, and I'm going to want good for them. So there's not going to be any room for hatred for the fellow uh, believers. Of course, we will have a hatred for injustice, we will have hatred for oppression, work against it. Yeah. When it comes to our brothers and sisters, there can never be room for love of Allah and a hatred for a mu'min in mm. the same heart. And we got to remind ourselves of that, especially in times of
0: conflict and and, and uh, disagreement. I think it's really important, especially the approach that you're mentioning about Obviously, as we're you know wherever we might be in London or anywhere else, we're always going to come across Muslims, our fellow brothers and sisters that might be doing something wrong. And I think one really important point you mentioned was about the approach mm. that when you do want to speak to someone, you don't speak down at them. You know, you try to speak to them, reconnect them with Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because I've seen it so many times where you have people they're struggling, uh, and it is a genuine struggle a lot of the time. Um, but Based on your approach, that could push them even further away. And uh, I think it's important, like what you were mentioning, the fact that even a a lady came up to you, she's an atheist, saying that I I felt the the genuineness of, of what you were saying. And I guess it ties in with even the... The word nasiha itself, what it, what it actually means. I think a lot of people misunderstand what nasiha means when you're trying to advise people. Um, Surah Yusuf, because since we were talking about it, uh, the, the brothers of Yusuf, السلام, they said, They're trying to convince their father Ya'qub that, you know what, we actually really do care and we do wish well for Yusuf. Obviously they were lying. It wasn't true, right? Because they had other intentions. They wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to throw him into the well. But the wording that they used was the same word as nasiha, which is to actually to take care of someone, to wish well for someone. So when you give nasiha, uh, this is, you know, just a reminder for everyone is that we're supposed to wish well for our brother or sister. It's not supposed to be something which is, you know, you you you're trying to look down on them or you want them to make you want to make them feel worse. This isn't what nasiha is. It's to make them feel better about themselves, and it's actually genuine. So that's why we I think we translate it as sincere advice a lot of the time because it does come from a place of sincerity. So, yeah, I think it's 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 really important, that approach. And, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to see that in the three days that you've been here, uh, a lot's been happening in yeah. that hotel lobby. So, no, 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 <laughs> time I, to get out of there. Again, <laughs> no, I'm the just and stay away from the hotel lobby. But the problem is they don't have the internet in the room. So, yeah, that's where yeah, I can no, catch up on sense. my
1: work. Uh, but you know, subhanAllah, it's very important also when you engage with your brothers and sisters, mm. especially when they're in that state. You know, we're taught. To really firmly believe that they may be better than you in the sight of Allah. They may be closer to Allah than you. And tomorrow they may make tawbah uh, and you may be tested with something even worse. See, a lot of times uh, people look down on others because of a lack of experience. Just because Allah hasn't tested him in that state as of yet. So just be grateful. If Allah's protecting you from something, that should never lead you to arrogance. Arrogance mm. is from shaitan, and that's what's unforgivable, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, shirk is the only unforgivable thing, but that's arrogance is what leads to kufr. That's unforgivable. The idea is be humble, be grateful. Ya Allah, you've protected me from this. I'm no better than them. Maybe they have mm. better akhlaq than me. Maybe they give more charity than me. Maybe they used to pray better uh, more than me, but yeah. for whatever reason, they're tested with this. And even though I'm I'm not worthy, you've protected me from that. So be humble and wish well. And tomorrow they may repent so very important. One of the first people I ever met with who was, was a Muslim who was struggling with alcohol actually told me he was so happy when he met me. Mm. And he said, you know, I've, I've really been wishing you know, I've been wanting to grow in my deen and change my life. But I was afraid that I didn't have anybody I could reach out to. I didn't know who I could talk to that wouldn't mm. just end up judging me and looking down on me and, and being, diffi- uh, you know, harsh with me, you know. So it, it was inspiring to see. you know what, there's a lot of good out there. And our job uh, you know, uh, just as brothers and uh, uh, to each other Is to pull the good out of each other mm. And to cultivate that good As the Prophet said All people really are mines so, of gold and silver mm. You just got to cultivate it There's good in the people Take that approach Put your trust in Allah And be the best example Because right now We're almost facing tremendous challenges Yeah and we can't afford to be fighting each other. We really need to pull the good out of each other. Mm. Um, people are struggling with issues of, of not just alcohol, but suicide. People are struggling with issues of kufr, disbelief. Mm. It, you know, atheism is, is, is a challenge. And just, I think, with the continuous assault on Muslims worldwide. Yeah. I mean, look at what's happening in China, you know, uh, the Rohingya, I mean, uh, Burma. Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, all It's heartbreaking when you look at the news. Mm. And I think as Muslims in the West, we gotta recognize that we are extremely privileged. Yeah. We really are put in a position of the best of the dunya and the akhira. You mm. know, through our faith, unlike many uh, of our neighbors that are not Muslim, we have guidance. We have an opportunity to be with Allah forever in Jannah. Mm. Alhamdulillah. Amen. And through our material success, you know, and our safety and our security that we enjoy, where we don't have to fear, you know, uh, the masjid being blown up on the way to the masjid. You don't have to fear getting shot generally. Yeah. Yes, there's hate crimes, but yeah. honestly, it's nothing uh, compared to the, the injustice Muslims in Syria are facing, for mm. example, when when, uh, in the circumstances they're in. So we have to be grateful. We have to recognize that if we can't practice our faith in the West, we really can't practice it anywhere. You yeah. the fitna we have in, um, in the West is everywhere. Mm. But the freedom and the liberty and the protection and the financial security we have to practice our deen is found in very few other places. So if we can be grateful for our faith by practicing our faith, Mm. and we can be grateful for the freedom, we have to practice the faith by investing and protecting that freedom, and then be grateful for the blessings Allah has given us by using these blessings to help those that are less privileged. Inshallah, we can be kings in both worlds, and we can impact the world for the better. I mean, I I come from the United States. The United States has probably killed... Uh, More Muslims than most other nations, you know, Mm. hundreds of thousands, not millions of innocent civilians killed in unjust wars, illegal wars uh, led by the U.S. government. Um, Those wars would not be possible had it not been for first the dehumanization of the Muslim victims that they kill. Madeleine Albright, she was asked about the half a million Iraqi children that were killed in Iraq Mm. due to U.S. sanctions. And when she was asked about that, she said, I think the price is worth it. It's because those brown Muslim kids were dehumanized. You think she would mm. dare say the same thing about white Christian kids? Five white Christian kids wouldn't be worth any political cause. Yeah. But because they were brown Muslim kids, it was worth it. So the point is Islamophobia as a tool mm. right now is used to literally shed the blood of innocent Muslims around the world. And it's used to undermine freedom in our home countries. You know, I think here you got uh, was it Section 7 or t- some various laws that yeah. are really, imp- uh, you know, impeding your freedom. In the U.S., we've had anti-Muslim legislation as well mm. that practicing Islamist treason and by 20 years in jail. I assisted an imam, Imam Boutabu, who is facing 20 years in jail as a terrorist. And the only evidence they had was his teaching the Quran. And I told the government at the time, I said, you're destroying the Constitution that you took an oath to protect. And I'm protecting him not as a Muslim, but as a proud American who wants to protect the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. Um, but the point is Islamophobia is a tool used to undermine freedom in our home countries and it's used to escalate conflict globally. And nobody is in a better position to challenge Islamophobia in the West than us as Muslim youth. Mm. And if we can properly challenge Islamophobia, what do we achieve? What we achieve is that we protect liberty at home for all people. Mm-hmm. And we also help them find guidance we also promote peace in the world. We can literally be saving lives of the oppressed. Mm. You know, that's a lot of impact that we can do. So yeah. we have to rise to that occasion. And the only way to do it, it's not by telling people what Islam isn't, but it's first and foremost, by us proudly holding on to our faith yeah, and then serving others. <clears throat> And, being a, and letting our service be a means of da'wah for others. Uh, the truth of the matter, as we do this, we may face challenges, we may face hate crimes. Yesterday, a sister uh, messaged me um, who recently faced a, 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 a assault on the street. Okay. She wears niqab, she was with her daughter, and people started yelling vulgarities at her because she's Muslim in the United States. Mm. And she said that shook her to her core, she hadn't left her house in days, and she was considering removing the niqab. Wow, and alhamdulillah, Allah's tawfiq, one of the messages on my Instagram that she saw, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave her strength to it. And, and and it was a reminder that, listen, the believers don't take a step that angers the bigots. Allah says this in the Quran, except Allah elevates their status. And when we walk in the West, mm-hmm. proudly holding on to our deen and the sunnah of Rasulullah we are testifying to everybody that sees us, la ilaha illallah and that Muhammadun Rasulullah wa was a man of truth and that we love him. And that's the best way to fight Islamophobia. When they attack the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's not to riot or to protest. It's okay. Let us all as brothers start wearing kufis, uh, you know, to show our love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as our sisters right now. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, a kufi or a thob or something that identifies you as a Muslim. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the fiqh of it. I'm not a mufti. You know, I'm not a faqih, Mm -hmm. Right? I'm a civil rights lawyer. But my philosophy, my strategic philosophy is, if our sisters are out there representing Islam in the hijab, then shame on us as Muslim brothers if we walk outside undercover, incognito. So Mm. people don't know that Muslims are there. So that Islamophobes think that Islamophobia is working as Muslims are disappearing from the public light and that the only visible Muslims out there are um, the sisters. That's yeah. not right. As brothers, we've got to step it up. We've got to be visible as Muslim to, uh, to show the beauty of our faith through service to others. And that we won't allow some folks to defeat us. And, and I'll finish with this. You know, ultimately, the greatest gift we have is our faith. And it's the only thing that can never be taken away from us by force. People can mm-hmm. take everything from us. A car accident can take everything from us. A person can lose their, their entire abilities, their body, their loved ones. Yeah. You can lose everything in this journey The only thing you can't ever have taken away from you is your faith. You can only choose to give it up. So Mm. never choose to give it up. And this is what really inspired the sister. I said, don't let the Islamophobes celebrate by allowing them to claim victory when they see you turning away from your deen because of their hatred and their actions against Mm. you. You know, and don't get so busy with the ma'asi, the alcohol, the clubbing, the this and the that, that you're of no use to this ummah. Yeah. You know, so let us be grateful. Allah has given us Islam because that connects us with our creator. And then let us translate that gratitude into practice and to service for others so that inshallah through our efforts we first and foremost attain Allah's pleasure and we become a means of guidance for humanity and we can help this ummah that is suffering so badly.
0: Yeah, I see. What's really interesting is how you mentioned about combating Islamophobia. So, what you're trying to say is that one of the best ways, as opposed to uh, protesting or campaigns, which is obviously has, has, its, uh, has its place and it's important, but it's to become more visible. That's what you're saying, yeah, as Muslims. You Muslim, have to be
1: so. more visible. You have to, I mean, the Islamophobes, they spent in the US, we've mm-hmm. documented at CARE, you know, I'm the director of CARE Florida there, and we've documented that the Islamophobes have spent hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. demonizing Islam in the West. It's not so much to scare the non-Muslims away from the deen. Yeah. It's more so to scare the Muslims away from their own identity and who they are. And subhanAllah, we so- sometimes it works, unfortunately. But you know what? Compromising doesn't work for us. Mm. A simple example. In New York City, the first people the NYPD was spying on, they had a special program spying on Muslims. Guess okay. how many uh, criminals they caught?
0: How many? None.
1: Okay. All they did was on taxpayer money go to the falafel shops and the halal restaurants and enjoy nice meals and spy on Muslims. And then they would write, oh, this restaurant is suspicious because it plays Al Jazeera news. Then they go to another restaurant, and these are in the reports that say, this restaurant is suspicious because it doesn't play Al Jazeera news. You know, <laughs> they just it had no consistency in the process. But it's interesting because… One of the first Did, did Ilmfield come up
0: by any chance? <laughs> nah, yeah, man, you guys were too young, mashallah May
1: Allah increase you. Ilmfid is one of the greatest resources our community has. Definitely. And may Allah bless you guys for, for the great work you do with it. But in this in this uh, issue, one of the first Muslims, groups of Muslims that they spied on were the Muslims who changed their name from Muhammad to mm-hmm. Mo. The really? Muslims who westernized their names were the first to be spied on why that's interesting the okay. government agents are like what are these guys trying to hide mm. you know it was wow. the muslim who had a beard and then shaved it they <laughs> became high on their list to spy on so this is a reminder from allah you know said, mm. where people allah honor us through islam
0: yeah
1: and the more we have that fear of allah that taqwa of allah that love of allah that inspires us that people can feel that they can sense through our actions yeah. the more strength and honor we will have. And he said, I don't know, people got to understand, You know, sometimes as Muslims, we take this approach that we don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. We don't want to challenge injustice. We, we want to appease the powers that be. That's not how Islam got to where it is. You know, We have Islam today because of the sacrifice and the courage of the Sahaba yesterday. And if we want our children to have Islam tomorrow, we have to be willing to have that courage and sacrifice today. One final point, I'll tell you, you know, in the U.S., part of my work in challenging Islamophobia is really holding U.S. Customs and Border Protection accountable yeah because they continue to harass muslims at the border i was going and, to ask about this by the way yeah and we could talk yeah, yeah. about it you know i've just had some very recent experiences actually just just exchanged communications with one of the top leaders of u.s customs more protection because i exposed again how they're asking muslims uh, if they're sunni or shia which is not an appropriate question for the government to ask mm. people about their religious practices and how uh, they apologized and they said they're taking action to remedy it so we'll see if that's true but it was interesting because we were challenging them so aggressively mm. And once they were harassing Muslims, so alhamdulillah, may Allah help us use social media for khair and protect us from its evil. I went right. on Facebook and I did a Facebook Live reminding, and again, this isn't advice for UK listeners because it's a different uh, you know, different yeah, legal yeah. system. But for the US, if you're a US citizen, you don't have to answer questions besides identifying yourself and how much money you're bringing in. So I went on Facebook Live and I told everyone, listen, US Customs Board Protection is targeting Muslims. Don't answer their questions about your religious beliefs.
0: Mm.
1: And I shared it. Alhamdulillah. Allah guys about 40,000 views in a day. So oh. I shared it with U.S. Customs. I said, look what you made me do. Because of your bad behavior, I had to warn my whole community. Now, y'all look bad and you made me do this. And I don't want to do this. I don't want to make you look bad. I want to make you look good. Mm. Help me make you look good. So <laughs> I got a call from, from one of the top leaders within U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, from, their, uh, from their assistant saying, listen, uh, the boss wants to talk to you. Okay. You know, and we've developed some relation. We've worked on some things. So I was like, okay, they're probably gonna just burn bridges now. They're gonna, sh- you know, sh- shut down the relationship. It's gonna be war. That will probably p- upset them too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But I said, Bismillah, So to my surprise, when I got on the call, the, the head, one of the top leaders, yeah. said, you know, Mr. Shibley, I gotta tell you, if I ever needed a lawyer, I'd want you and Care to represent me because you guys <laughs> fight so strongly for your community, and we respect Mashallah. that. So again, Allah gave us actually more strength and they respect mm. us more. Now they listen to us more. Mm. Uh, this wouldn't happen if we just tried to compromise or yeah, hide. Yeah, yeah. We need to be people of strength and courage. And we find strength through our faith and translate that to service for others. That doesn't just serve the Muslim community. The Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu isn't just the Muslims. He was sent for all humanity. Yeah, yeah. You know, Remember when how many Muslims were around when the Prophet Sallallahu began preaching. Mm. Not everybody was not Muslim. Exactly, Who received yeah. his message And then they became The greatest of believers We need to be That means inshallah For guidance Through that adherence To the sunnah And that service And
0: that fearlessness Inshallah I wanted to ask actually About some, uh, some experiences Because I mean I don't know I it seems to be there's a in like you said it's different the the UK and, and, and the American dynamics. so what what are your experiences whilst flying have you had any any story and I'm sure obviously you've dealt with other cases as well um, so shed some light on some of your experiences yeah you know it's, you... it's become a thing now like you know flying while Muslim right? yeah yeah it's yeah, become yeah. a thing like every time you know a bearded guy or someone with a Muslim very Muslim apparent name is flying somewhere. Uh, they get stopped, they get checked, they get asked questions. So just, yeah, I just wanted to hear some of your stories.
1: No, that's a great question. And if you go to my Instagram, we actually recreated a scenario. Oh, really? You know, we've got to check it out. It's, it's a good video. And then it tells you what to do in those circumstances. But look, essentially, when I was in law school, mm. I worked for Delta Airlines, well-known international yeah, yeah, airlines yeah, yeah. based out of the U.S. And uh, I would have unrestricted access to the airplanes. Unrestricted. Okay. Literally, I could go in, access the airplane without being searched, without being questioned. Okay. You know, do whatever I want there. I mean, what did I do? I cleaned it, and <laughs> took the luggage off, and then hung out and studied for law school in the break room. Um, but when I wanted to board a flight, it would take me over an hour with the with the uh, agent on the phone speaking to National Security. You know, to clear national my security, name to board. Brilliant. Yeah, the okay. Department of Homeland Security, um, and it was so inconsistent. I'm like, I passed the FBI background check. I have unrestricted access to this plane. And yet when I want to board as a passenger, even though I just had access to it, if I don't board as a passenger, I could just go yeah, to the yeah, employee yeah. access. You know, How does it make sense that you guys are treating me in this way? And and for years, I was going through a hard time traveling. Um, in fact, once I had a meeting with President Obama. I was okay. invited right to the White House. Yeah, And I couldn't get my boarding pra- pass printed in time. I couldn't get cleared through the, their security hotline <laughs> fast enough. So I actually missed the flight. And oh, I had wow. to buy a new ticket. Alhamdulillah, I still made it. And then when I got to the White House, it took me two minutes to pass through the White House security, through the Secret Service, to, yeah. to be standing there with the president, give him a letter advising him on Syria and civil rights and the FBI harassment of Muslims. But it took me two minutes to get there. It took me longer to board the flight. It doesn't make sense. It was inconsistent. Yeah. And and this had really started when I was 18. I attended an Islamic conference. And when I, this is really what... You know, sort of the one incident that made me who I am today, Mm. really. And I'm grateful for it because, alhamdulillah, it was one act of injustice has helped me, b'fadlillah, fight many acts of injustice. And the same agency, basically, they created a monster on that day. and, and, (laughs) And they're still dealing with the monster that they created, you know. And I was remembering... I remember when I was in this story, when, well, let me tell you what happened. I was coming back from Islamic conference in Canada. Yeah. We got to the border. It was about midnight, the U.S. border, and they saw my mom. And said, go in for a random inspection. My mom said, yeah. what do you mean random? I said, Mama, random, I mean, they saw your hijab. But I was joking. I didn't think that was the case. I woke up my little brother. I woke up my little sister, and we went into the secondary inspection room at midnight, and we were shocked at what we saw. There were 40 members of the Muslim community. We were all held for about six, seven hours. Wow. We were interrogated. We were frisked. We were treated like criminals. Meanwhile, non-citizens were in and out in 15 minutes. And I told the officers, while you're wasting time with us, real criminals could be getting by. He said, I'm afraid of the same exact thing. And sure enough, a man who killed an entire family in Canada made it across the border with the bloody weapons in his car. But he wasn't stopped because he was a white Christian American guy. And that woke me up that Islamophobia makes us less safe Mm. because real criminals can get by when the government is just focusing on people because of their religion. And less free because people are afraid to practice their religion if they feel the government is targeting them because of it. And I kept remembering that because uh, Amr Khalid was at the conference there and he just spoke about woman يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلَهُ مَخَرْجَ وَأَوَهَا Allah will make an opening for him and mm-hmm. that there will be good in every difficulty that you face as a believer. That woke me up to go down my civil rights path and really challenge the, how U.S. Customs mm-hmm. and Border Protection treats the Muslim community. And ultimately, <clears throat> alhamdulillah, we worked on this issue for 15 years. Yeah. We sued the government. And years later, 15 years later, we, we sued them years. then. Uh, we didn't, uh, you know, the, this lawsuit didn't make it all the way. But 15 years later, just this past summer, we actually won the lawsuit. And basically, we expose how the U.S. government has a watch list that basically targets Muslims. Just about every Muslim in the United States is either on the list or knows somebody on the list. It targets many of our scholars. But it's not just the scholars. It's not just the religious people. It's not just the people with the beard or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. everybody. Uh, You know, so many different people are on it. You know, religious, secular, and I don't judge it. I don't like labels. You know, I think we're all human beings. We have our ups and our downs. But the point is, it targets everyone. Mm. Everybody's on it or knows somebody on it. But the problem is the Muslim community has been too afraid to speak out against it. Some reacted by hiding their identity. And they then allowed this to perpetuate and allowed them to win. Some reacted Not by hiding their identity But just by not challenging it And they allowed it to continue May Allah forgive them And some Alhamdulillah Spoke out against it And they were given victory Recently for the whole community So basically This watch list You know One of the amazing things is, As I said We get respect Because we challenge government So this Mm. last year Eight years ago We exposed how police In Florida Were getting anti-Muslim training By an anti-Muslim bigot Who was training them To harass Muslims To drive them out Of their communities Alhamdulillah We exposed that training By auditing it And then we put an end to it After we put an end to it Now we've trained Over 5,000 officers last year. In our training, we talk about the terrorism watch list. I'm like, how many of you have pulled over a terrorist or suspected terrorist? They all raise their hand and they laugh. I said, and were they actually terrorists? They all said no. Mm -hmm. And who are they? They're basically Muslim. They're like, yeah, the list is a joke. It doesn't help us. It just makes Muslims feel like second class citizens. So Alhamdulillah, we expose that this list is unconstitutional is illegal is unhelpful doesn't make us any safer or freer and after 15 years of fighting of advocacy we got it ruled unconstitutional um so that's tremendous victory and we're grateful for everybody who stood with us but i I will tell you this you know alhamdulillah i really don't get a hard time now now they're like please hassan tell us when you're traveling and we'll have a vip escort waiting for you (laughs) so you don't get a hard time and you don't have to blast us and my thing is look i'm not going to blast you just if i get it Uh, uh, you know, held up. Yeah, if yeah. I hear any Muslim getting held up, I'm going to blast you. So you can treat me nice all you want. It's not going to change anything. <laughs> this isn't about me. But the interesting thing is I'll tell you a couple of incidents that happened once. Yeah, they they um This is before they stopped bothering me. Um, they pulled me in for secondary inspection. Okay. So when they did that, uh, I was like, oh man, here we go. And then two minutes later, they pulled me out and they're like, come on, Mr. Shibley, you're free to go. I'm like, aren't you going to ask me questions? They said, no, sir, because our records indicate that you don't answer. So we don't want to waste our time. (laughs) Another time they pulled me in for a secondary inspection. I was just coming back from Turkey. And um, actually I had made it through the initial customs guy without getting stopped. Then when I was leaving my luggage, they pulled me in for secondary. I was like, oh, no, this ain't happening. And I was really upset. Mm -hmm. So you know what I did? I stood right in front of the counter where everybody, and you look at the room, every time this happens, you look at the room, it's like 70% Muslim. Mm. And I just called the Adhan and the qama real loud. <laughs> Seriously? And I stood right in front of them and I prayed. Okay. Now, people may doubt what you're intending, why you're doing but you know what? My idea is I want to show them we're not afraid mm. and we won't be intimidated. And I hate, maybe this isn't appropriate. but it was like the most Islamic way to give them the finger. Like I was trying to say, look, I don't care. Mm. I'm not intimidated. And I want to show the other Muslims. Obviously, don't, you don't have to be like me and call qama <laughs> and start doing Islam right in front of the counter, but don't be scared. You got nothing to fear. After I finished the law, right away they called me up, and uh, when they called me up, they're like, uh, you know, sir, put your bag. We're gonna search it. I'm like, no, you carry it and put it. I'm too tired. I've been traveling. It's like, okay, yes, sir. So he took my bag, put it to search it. Then like, where'd you go? Uh, to Turkey? I'm like, yeah, I was, I was in Turkey. Like, why'd you go to Turkey? I looked him in the eye, and these were my exact words to him. And forgive me, you can filter it out if you need to. Uh, I said, why would I go to Turkey again? I'm a civil rights lawyer, as I mentioned, not a not a <laughs> So I said, why would I go to Turkey? I said, none of your damn business. That's why I went to Turkey. I said, oh, okay, that's your right. That's your right. Here, mm. let me search it quick. Okay, you're free to go. Uh, the point is when you stand up for your rights, I don't want people mm. to be as aggressive as I've been. I push the envelope intentionally to show people you got nothing to worry about. Mm. And because of this advocacy, then, alhamdulillah, they just stopped harassing me altogether. In fact, the last time I Facebook-lived it, people can, can see it, yeah. where literally I started just walking around the U.S. customs room Doing takbirat very loudly, reciting the Quran very loudly, and again, people may disagree. Why this isn't how some? It's not about that. This is an act of civil disobedience. Mm. It's me showing them that we're not scared. It's me showing Muslims that you know what, they really can't hurt you. You know, don't be scared of who you are. And it's mm. me trying to draw attention to what happened. So literally, the last time again, <laughs> when they this was the last time they stopped me, I stood right in front of his counter intentionally, where people stand in line, and I perform my salah right there in front. I said, "Which way is northeast?" He said, "That way." I said, "Okay, I'm going to pray right now." And I wanted to show that. This is what you're going to deal with every time you pick. We're not going to take it quietly. Muslims got to stop... Accepting injustice quietly. We have to find mm. respectful legal ways to disobey. I mean, it's called civil disobedience for a reason. You you can't just accept injustice.
0: Mm, wow. So <laughs> you, you've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of experiences, yes. and this is always right getting back into the US, isn't yes. it? It's yes. Getting, getting back, back, getting back into the US. So how different is it? Like I know you said it is different between US and UK, but what? Like if you were to give some general guidelines, sure. Muslim whilst flying, what should they bear in mind if they have been pulled to the side, they are being questioned?
1: Very good. So it's quite interesting. I mean, when I flew into the UK. Mm. Oh my God It was amazing I felt more welcome Yeah than like the the US. Yeah,
0: Alhamdulillah We've never like I haven't heard of Any major issues Generally speaking Th- That's a blessing You know because Even when I flew into UK mm. I didn't talk to a person they, mm. There was no person To yeah, talk to yeah, yeah, It was yeah, a machine
1: just... It took my passport It's like look at me I looked at it And then it's like well, You know welcome <laughs> yeah, and I'm it, like yeah. okay Allahu Akbar Like that's easy um, the, the issue is this You know It's interesting Because the legal protections I feel like are Potentially I'm not an expert On UK law mm. But I feel like They're more uh, they're stronger in the U.S. So okay. I was meeting with CAGE. It's a phenomenal organization. I highly encourage everybody to to uh, support them and check out their work. Uh, but when I was meeting with CAGE, they were explaining how, you know, for example, in the U.S., silence cannot be used against you if police want to question you. And we both in the U.S. and the U.K. have a problem of FBI trying to recruit informants. Yeah. Silence cannot be used against you in the U.S. Apparently what they were telling me, and I'm not giving legal advice in the U.K. because, again, I'm not an expert in that. Yeah. And I'm not licensed. But uh, in the U.K., but they said silence could be used against you.
0: Right, you know okay. you don't
1: have to talk technically but if you if you don't speak it can be used against you later uh, later in the legal proceedings mm. so that makes it a bit more difficult um, you know uh, to deal with cuz my verbatim answer to well, if you're in the US once you're past the border this is for everybody i don't care if you're citizens or not never speak to the fbi without a lawyer okay. it will destroy you even if you're innocent, even if you have nothing to hide, too many of us say, "Oh, I've done nothing wrong, got nothing to hide." So I'm going to speak to them. You dig your own grave. If that's assuming you, that you won't be in trouble is assuming that they have good intentions. Yeah, they yeah, don't. Yeah. I have messages right now between an FBI agent and a Muslim, and they were trying to push to become an informant. You know, so and it's not just informants because we got. No, I mean, the worst we got is like double parking in the masjid. There's nothing to inform on. You know, maybe the biryani. Is just busy, <laughs> you know, uh, but what they're trying to do is create terrorists. Yeah, 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 like yeah. They, they make you edge somebody to do something mm-hmm. bad and then they arrest them oh we caught another terrorist to, to fit their narrative. Um, but again, when you're visiting the U.S., when you're in the U.S., you never have to speak to the FBI without a lawyer. They, they, they want to speak to you, just contact care. Say, I don't want to talk to you without a lawyer. They're going to say it's going to make things worse. You don't need a lawyer. Okay. Remember, over is quiet is good. So just contact care. But apparently in the U.K., it's more complicated than that. Silence used against you. Also at the border, you're really under no obligation to answer anything. Mm. Besi- as a US citizen, they have to let you in the country. So besides your name and perhaps, you know, if you're bringing $10,000 or more in or out of the country, you don't really don't have to answer anything. Uh, But apparently in the UK, they have more right to force you to to answer certain questions. So from a legal perspective, I feel like there's a little bit less rights. But from a practical Mm. perspective, I feel like you guys got it easier in a sense. I don't know. I mean, just my own experience traveling through. It
0: seems seems like it. Yeah. I mean, from from the stories that we hear from the US, I I don't think we can relate as much here in the UK. There's been the odd occasion here and there. But like you said, generally speaking, coming back in, like flying back in from another country, I've. alhamdulillah that's a blessing may Allah preserve it I now mean, the
1: issue is if you're from the UK and you're visiting the US what should you be aware of well yeah. here's the point look for you I know you have a big US audience look if, again if you're an American citizen just remember this they gotta let you in the country mm. when they gotta let you in the country you're under no obligation to answer anything my general advice for US citizens and green card holders when you come to the US border when you make it to the initial port just answer basic questions where you came from where you're going be friendly be regular don't talk too much yeah, little yeah. Is, is is good but just answer the basic questions and any required declarations, mm. like that they make you fill out on the form. Answer those ten thousand dollars or more fruits or vegetables, whatever it is. Besides that, you know, if they take you for extra questioning, like y- you'll know because they're going to take you in another room. At that yeah. point, don't answer anything else. I'm a U.S. citizen. You have to let me in the country, sit in yeah. your dhikr, sit, you do your Quran, do whatever you want. Uh, you know, reflect over Allah's blessings, but don't answer their questions. Mm. You know, don't give in to them. You're under no obligation. They may ask for your cell phone. You're under no obligation to unlock it, nor are you under any obligation to give them your password. Do you not see. do so. It's yeah. a, it's You're betraying the trust because so many people message you, it's private, it's not the government's business. Mm-hmm. You may have your spouse's photos, your, your mother's photos without hijab. You're betraying the trust. Do not betray the trust. Do not unlock the phone. Do not give them a password. They may threaten to take it, but even if you give it to them, they may still take it. You know, mm. so why would you give it to them unlocked? And we won a recent court. Uh, my brother was in this lawsuit. They attacked him to take his cell phone away from him. Okay. Uh, my brother a filmmaker in the U.S. Akram Shibli, may Allah bless him. Um, but uh, he won the lawsuit. You can't yeah, do that, yeah. you know. So keep that in mind if you're a U.S. citizen. Do not unlock the phone. Do not give them the password. If they take your phone, contact us. If they harass you, contact us. If they take you in secondary inspection, don't answer more questions. They got to let you in. You got nothing to worry about. Mm. Don't be intimidated. Don't be scared. If you're not a citizen or a green card holder and you're a visitor, this is where it gets more tricky. Right, because U.S. Customs has a lot of leeway to deny non-citizens and non-residents entry into the country. Okay, so you almost gotta—I hate to say it—you know—definitely speak to a lawyer before you travel if you're worried about it. You know, and get particular advice because you almost gotta play along and answer questions. Mm. For this phone, you may have to open it. So I would—what I would do is just—you know—remove all your accounts. You know, or or just get a burner phone for the trip. Uh, because if they find anything, I mean, look—one of the most recent cases I worked on. Is a U.S. Uh, uh, student, is a student, yeah, visiting from overseas, who's a PhD at Princeton University, and you can again mm. check her story out on my Instagram. She um, she's getting PhD at Princeton. She wears hijab. She's a black Muslim woman, very accomplished, something we we're all, we, someone we'd all be proud of, and they held her at the border for five hours, right, and they went through her phone. And when they went through her phone, they saw a WhatsApp group she was part of where a white Christian woman who attends Princeton University said, oh, I hope the school burns down so we don't have to take exams today. Like it was a stupid uh, joke. It was a, it, joke. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, bad yeah. joke, but it was something white people get away with all the time, yeah. you know? And that's who it was. And she didn't see the message. She didn't even respond to it. But because of that, they were going to deny her entry to the U.S. for five years. Would have uh, destroyed her education. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, Allah <sighs> week her family contacted us and we got on the phone with U.S. Customs leadership. Alhamdulillah, she said, Brother Shibley was a miracle. After I was praying as soon as I got done prayer, they came and ran to me and they said, your Lord must be answering your prayers. I think I'm going to convert <laughs> because we just got a call and we're not going to cancel you for five no years way. and we're going to welcome Hashan. you in. And then she was allowed into the country after we intervened and we're happy, having these cases almost weekly. So yeah. alhamdulillah, we have we have power, but we got to know our rights. Mm. And definitely if you're a visitor, you know, just consult with an attorney, you know, reach out to care, do some research. Uh, about your rights and if you're a US citizen definitely learn your rights because you're very empowered, you know, yeah, yeah. And uh, may Allah bless us man. And my, my philosophy for, for all the work we do to summarize all of it is uh, Found in the Quran or my, you know, the, the sort of my motto that I've taken from the Quran mm-hmm. If Allah's telling us if you want to be successful you have to do these things, be patient yep. If you hide your faith, you hide your identity, you sell out, you're not being mm-hmm. patient you know, and the patient get the reward without measure. What's well, sabiru, sabiru? is compete in patients. Work harder out of your love for the deen than they're working to attack the deen. Yeah. Don't let them work more against us than we're working for us. What all defend your community, know your rights, protect your rights. Don't take your safety and your freedom for granted. But don't sell your soul as you do it. what taqwa, have the taqwa of Allah, and you will be successful. Inshallah.
0: Inshallah. One final point. One thing I love uh, about the work that you are doing is that, obviously, you have you've studied and uh, you've got yourself to this level now, where you are a lawyer, you are an advocate for civil rights, and you are using that to, to to bring some value and benefit to the Muslim community and, and and like you said, you've mentioned quite a few times now, service for the community. Right? I think this is a really important point for. A lot of people listening, whether you're a lawyer or anything else, a creative, a filmmaker, whatever it might be, um, using what Allah has given you uh, for service, khidma for the for the Muslim community. What are your thoughts on that? How important do you think that is?
1: Very beautifully said, uh, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to be the people who can really say whatever our profession is. Mm. Whatever our profession is, wa <laughs> My mm-hmm. prayer, my sacrifice, my life and my death is all for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the truth of the matter is we need Muslims to be as strong as possible. You know, Allah loves the strong believer more than the weak believer. And there's good in all. But the weak believer can be uh, a cause of change. The change that is needed in this world. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, we need it in media, we need it in politics, in law, in medicine, wherever it is. Ultimately, I think those who are pursuing the dunya, yeah. will be given the dunya. Mm. Those who are pursuing the akhirah sincerely and with hikmah, inshallah, will be given the dunya and the akhirah. They will be the kings in both worlds. Yeah. They will become kings in this dunya. Leaders in business, leaders in law, leaders in politics, leaders in their various professions. But their intention is, I'm not doing this for my ego, my nafs, the dunya, which is sure I can lose at any moment. I think yeah, we saw yeah. a powerful reminder in the, in, the, in the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Yeah. He was a king in this dunya. <laughs> he lost it all in a second. Mm. And now none of this will benefit him except if he had faith. And it was accepted. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the only thing that lasts. Uh, the faith first and then the righteous deeds that come after that. So ultimately, I think as believers, we must strive to be Kings in the Akhirah By being kings in the dunya So I, w- I want our brothers and sisters To just pursue uh, their education Their business In the best of ways In the strongest of ways But their intention is For service of others So that they can help Make the world better Seeking the pleasure of Allah The most beloved to Allah Are those that are most beneficial To his creation mm-hmm. The most beloved deed to Allah And what can be greater Than being beloved to Allah The most beloved deed to Allah Is that you remove hardship From your brother or sister Or you enter happiness Into their heart So ultimately I think when we Are seeking the Akhira Sincerely yeah. Allah will make us kings In the dunya And Kings Ambassador. But if we're just seeking the dunya, we'll just get that. Yeah, so yeah. let us be as strong as we can be, and our community needs everything. I mean, Mashallah, Enfeed is a multimedia platform. You rely on editors, you rely on graphic artists, you know, you rely on so many different people marketing experts, you know, communications experts. That's huge. It's much needed. Our community needs it. Just do it with the taqwa of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and be the best. We need to be strong. Never, never uh, uh, be lazy. You know, the hand that gives is better than the hand that takes. Yeah. And I think we can all do uh, leverage our different professions for the ummah, and that's a blessing for Allah accepts that from you. I always tell people uh, what I'm grateful for about my work is that you know it's not a it's not a job or even a career it's a passion and a mission like mm-hmm. as a lawyer I I'm, I'm getting paid to defend my faith and my community and justice for everyone and yeah. through that Allah's giving me more dunya even <laughs> may Allah protect me than those that are that that work with the intention of getting dunya <laughs> alhamdulillah, I find myself, their <clears throat> colleagues, they went into corporate law, they went into business just for the intention of making money. And Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, when I see myself and my lifestyle, Alhamdulillah, it's even a stronger, you know, yeah. a, 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 even in the material sense than it is. But Alhamdulillah, inshallah, the intention was always just how we can serve the community. When you do that, yeah. uh, the dunya chases after the people who run away from it. May Allah make us amongst that and yeah. give us that, that quality. It's not easy. It's a jihad and we all need to learn from each other. But ultimately, seek Allah and Allah will and give you everything that you, you could ever imagine and much more
0: Inshallah JazakAllah khair uh, I think we've had uh, a lot of lot of, you know strong points and, uh, and gems that we can take from this podcast uh, just one final final point which is that I know you've got a few more days left here in the UK uh, you're doing some a few events with Help Your Team how are those events going what are you actually doing here uh, in these few days That you have I know you're busy Doing meetings And you've got All sorts going on In your hotel lobby uh, <laughs> you all, We gotta all just Hang out at the hotel lobby yeah, And uh, bring a camera And I think we would have A great TV show that's it. there um, But
1: ultimately Besides staying up In the hotel lobby May Allah forgive us uh, Is uh, Alhamdulillah We, we have a, almost A lecture every evening And then meetings With different organizations Institutions uh, okay. in, in the daytime Yeah. Uh, alhamdulillah It's been very Very productive And beneficial We we met yesterday With the brother Who started Micro On Club which is just an amazing community platform where mm. people can, Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, download the app and read Quran and do khatims with other people around the world. We've had him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, by great brother. <laughs> uh, obviously spending time with the Help your team team and talking about how we can change the world for the better for orphans. I was mm. blessed to go to Kenya with them and people can follow our journey. We're leaving again uh, uh, February 11th uh, 12th. We'll be there, inshallah, and see, man, the money can go a long way. Alhamdulillah, you know, $50.00. It's enough to cover the Quran salary teacher for a teacher for a month for orphans. Wow. When I went and visited an orphanage, yeah. they visited six orphanages in a day, visited the last orphanage. I said, what are your needs? They said, brother, this month we couldn't pay our Quran teachers. I said, what's their salary? $50 a month. Alhamdulillah, some brothers had sent money from the U.S. So I took five dollars bills and paid everybody's monthly salary. Allah stole fee. Sure. It wasn't my money. It was the brothers that sent and Allah reward them. Uh, there was a village. didn't have a masjid. It was a two-hour drive from the, local, uh, the closest masjid. Alhamdulillah, with help of team, we built a masjid for them. It cost us $10,000. You know, so meeting with the Help Your team team to talk about the good work we can do, I would encourage you to check them out. And we're having a benefit dinner for them, inshallah, uh, this Saturday. Friday, I think we'll be at Huntslow Masjid, I believe. And Saturday, we'll be doing the, the benefit dinner for Help Team, And may Allah accept us. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I just really, the focus of this trip has been having a lot of the conversations we've had today on the yeah, yeah. Po- uh, uh, podcast and just having a conversation about how we can work together from the U.S. to Europe to fight Islamophobia, to build mm. confidence amongst our youth and to change the world for the better, seeking the pleasure of our Creator.
0: I mean, JazakAllah Khair. Thank you. May Allah ta'ala reward you uh, for all of your work and for all of your efforts. And it's been a real pleasure having you on uh, the podcast. And inshallah, next time you're down, make sure uh, we'll be in touch again, inshallah, to have you on. Feek, may Allah bless you, Brother Hassan, and all the work that you're doing. And of course, to all of our Ilmfeed uh, viewers and listeners, do check out the amazing work that uh, Brother Hassan's doing, Care Florida, and all of the other amazing projects that he's involved in. Uh, as for the podcast, we hope you enjoyed it, took away lots of lessons. Uh, if you're ever flying to the US, then just contact him, inshallah, if you're having any issues. I want to tell
1: people, too, yeah, I encourage everybody to go. Alhamdulillah, was blessed. I think, uh, hopefully, I'd like to claim I was one of the earlier people to sign up for it, <laughs> you know, but even a dollar or two a month, yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes a long way to ensure that you guys can keep producing awesome content. So I hope all your viewers take a moment and click that subscribe. Even if it's a dollar or two, alhamdulillah, there's so many viewers that if everybody who listens and watches can commit one dollar a month, we would have so much resources to fight back against Islamophobia. The enemies of Islam are spending so much in media. Two hundred million dollars in the U.S. to misrepresent Islam, you know, we are, we, our love should be more than their hate. So mm. I definitely encourage all your view- viewers, take a moment, even if it's a dollar or two or five or ten, whatever you can do, a month consistently or through the launch good donation. But I think Enfeed is one of the best investments in the dunya and the akhirah that we can make.
0: Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Of course, check out um, the other recent episodes that we have inshallah and of course don't forget to support the podcast to bring you more content more podcasts this year launchgood.com forward slash ilmfeed podcast inshallah from your host Shabir, from brother hassan and the team we will see you next time inshallah take care of yourselves salaam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh